you know, something that I am very proud about myself for, I think the fact that when I said nice bandana to that fan at the December's concert and they didn't realize it was me at first goes to show what a wonderful and different voice I use for Travis. So with the acting, <laughs> impenetrable. Also, were you wearing a mask? Yes. So they couldn't hear your voice. And it was the Travis bandana too, which mm-hmm. is so like. I'm, I'm the object of your perversion. I do not know how many other queens have worn this crown and have ruled these forests, but I do know that I am the first who has rejected to be controlled. And I think you might feel some sympathy for that. (laughs) If you wanted to tell me that I was your favorite, you could have just said so. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs and the leaves of the forest rustle with it as a breeze passes through. The breeze is so pleasant, so pleasant on your skin. And Travis, this is important as you are feeling your skin. You are a spirit. You are a spirit in a body. The thing about life, it's addictive. But there is a perception that is separate from the one that you feel through the body. And I feel like something rattles you from it. And I think when I say something rattles it from it, you from it, what I really mean is someone rattles you from it. Within Oromar's body, within Oromar's spiritual mind palace, you feel the hands stretching from Dref's heart. Dref's ghostly visage shaking you by your spiritual shoulders. Why aren't you paying attention? Ah, to what? And your spiritual perception opens up for a second. You see out of Oromar's body that strange tunnel vision of just being able to see through the windows of the eyes instead of using the eyes themselves to perceive. And what is in front of you is not your mother. It is not the Forest Queen. It is a being that looks like human flesh stretched taut across some sort of spindly and long-limbed skeleton beneath. Whatever it was might have once been human, but when you could have said that is long past. 
It has its hand on Oromar's shoulder. It was just brushing its claws against your forehead and is now drawn them to razor-sharp points and appears as though it is about to plunge its spindly and sharp fingers right into your chest. Johnny, I need Travis to make a knowledge adventuring check. Mm. Why would you do this to me? Wait, so is this, am I checking as Travis or am I checking? You're checking this as Travis, unfortunately. I know we've made this so complicated. I'm going to call it average with a black die. Oh, I suck at adventuring. That's right. Truly wild. (laughs) Truly wild. Yeah, well. I feel like Travis and Gable need good knowledge adventuring mm-hmm. checks. I mean, maybe. You said it's an average with a black? Yes. Is average, average is two or three? Average is two. Okay. Two purple. Well, fuck. Okay. Maybe we don't have good knowledge adventuring because we never have fun <laughs> on our adventures. Yeah, I guess. I guess. No. Everything yeah. is work. It's never an adventure oh, no. for you. It's just like, ah. <laughs> that is. 200 years of life. That's a success and a threat. Hmm. Okay. Travis Matigo has heard of the Green Hearts, but dismissed the idea of their existence because he has never perceived one. A Green Heart is supposed to be a servant of the Forest Queen. The legend states that it is someone who, either through obligation to her deals or worshipful love for her cut out their hearts and placed them into the knot of a dying tree. When they are cut, they bleed sap, and they are deeply under her sway and control. Looking out of Oromar's eyes, you can see that everything in this glade that you have been perceiving through Oromar's flesh is a lie. There are no trees here. There is no table in front of you. There are green hearts that have contorted their bodies into the shape of a table. They are holding up the cups and the tea that the queen at least has been drinking. There are those damned purple flowers and over Where the queen's throne sits, there is a massive fallen tree that fans out its many roots in this semicircle that comes close to the shape of what the queen's actual throne looks like. But the creature in front of you is not the queen. Uh, Okay, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Are these green hearts? That's what they're called? Green hearts. Are they flammable? You don't know. That's the threat. The The knowledge is you've heard that these things exist, but kind of always dismissed their existence because whenever people were telling stories about it, you've gone, well, that's bullshit. I lived in the queen's domain. I've never seen that before. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking through what Oromar can do since I am not in... My own body. Big punch. Big run. What? You can big punch. You can big run. Uh, you can take hits like a champ. 
maybe I will just big run. We <laughs> <laughs> love it. Because they're trees. You can't shoot a tree. <laughs> yeah. Big run, please. <laughs> One big run. All right. I think this is an athletics check. And this would be Oromar's athletics? Mm. This is Oromar's athletics. Okay. And the difficulty, please? The difficulty is going to be hard. Oh, Oromar is pretty athletic. With one of those purple dice as a red die. Mm. Oh, that's a bummer. Indeed. Um, okay, let's see, shall we? That is a failure and a, an advantage. Ooh. So, what happens? This creature has drawn up its fingers. It is about to plunge them into your chest. And you move. The advantage I'm going to get, I'm going to give you, is that you Oromar's heart is not ripped out of his chest. You move just in time to prevent that. However, problematic for Travis Madigo is the chair, the stump that he was sitting on, was another green heart. And mm. it is wrapped around you as you begin to move your legs. It wraps around you and they its fingers and arms curl around your legs like vines. Oromar is massively strong and you can hear the wood that makes up this creature's body strain and snap underneath you and the power of your limbs, but it still holds fast. You can see sap thick oak or thick like pine sap like just pouring out of areas where you have ripped it asunder as the other one strikes down and misses you with the blow it turns towards you and speaks and does speak in the voice of the forest queen uh, but this one has the quality of speech that that a parrot or a raven might have where it is human speech but it is mimicking human speech it's got like a little bit of like that that old audio recording feel to it and it goes what's wrong my son uh well I mean look around this is not what I saw before and now you're trying to kill me which is not ideal at that the purple blooms around your, like, just around this whole place is covered in vines, remember. Those those purple blooms, like, puff up, and there's, like, this shimmering gold pollen that kind of fills the air. And you can feel towards Oromar's body, there is just the call of surrendering yourself to the perceptions of the flesh. The body wants to see the things that it is seeing. I need you to make a resilience or discipline check using Oromar stats. This is against hard. Uh, and I may use whichever is better? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oromar is <laughs> resilient. I'll bet. And it's hard, you say? It's hard. That's three. Oh, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Three? Three. One failure, please. <laughs> One with, failure coming up. With that, you feel your spirit pulled back into the perception of flesh. 
and you are once again perceiving the Queen's Glade, the horrible beings that had contorted themselves into, you know, furniture and whatnot kind of shift back to what they were. And right now, you see that Ormar's that that your it's not even Ormar's legs. You're looking down now at your legs. Your legs are just tangled up in in the chair that you were sitting in because you got up with such haste. Your mind has forgiven all of the things that that you had seen and provided explanations for why that couldn't be real. That's not what's happening right now. Is the queen delicately? steps towards you, holding out her hands as though she is trying to allay fears of a frightened animal. What? What? What was I saying? We are going to cut over to Gable. Mm. Gable, you are currently facing off against... Our friend Tiberius Youngblood. Okay. Yes. I've been thinking about this. So explain to me like what he looks like. So it is complicated. Okay. You know from Rusalka now that the cutting stone are the cut to the quick fragments of beings that used to be angels. Mm-hmm. After all of their wings and their flesh is carved away, there is this bare strand of a life form. Mm -hmm. And it has been grafted with lost souls, the souls of dead. So a mortal soul has been grafted onto the remains of an angel, producing a being that is the cutting stone. So there is a skeletal figure in front of you that wears... Tiberius's face mm. that speaks with Tiberius's voice and holds a stone dagger. Okay. And false Jonnet is like on the ground next to me. Yes. How are you feeling? Never felt better. Fantastic. Is is this you or am I just the, it's the forest. This is a hole. She's trying to get in here. She's trying to get in my mind. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, you really do have such a sense of self-importance, don't you? Okay, well. You think the forest queen concerns herself with deceiving you. Why wouldn't she? Why would she? She's not interested in you. If you must know, and uh, I will do you this courtesy, as you did defeat me in single combat, and that should be respected to an extent. She's made a deal. She's made a deal to keep everyone else busy, so that she can sort things out with her little pup. And so... I happen to be the beneficiary of that deal. I've dealt with my past a little more since the last time we saw each other. What I did to you at the time was out of anger and a passion for a fallen friend. Perhaps it was too far. Perhaps 
Do you regret what has been done to me? I regret judging what a human does when faced with the end. I have changed too in the time since our paths crossed. And the good news is that I'm not human anymore, which means I don't feel the rage. I'm aware that I had it, that I was so indignant to be struck through that I've come to be aware of what you are and the edges of feeling what you feel. And I am sorry that you feel this regret, but it is now my duty to release you from that. At command of whom? And he approaches you, slowly and surely. I take steps back. There is no need to run. And he lunges forward with the stone dagger. And I'm going to roll an attack against Jeez. you. Jeez. Okay, so... Fuck, fuck. Should have struck first. Fuck. <laughs> Dang it. Man, that's a, that's a big old fuck, fuck. <laughs> fuck, fuck. This is just four damage coming at you. Uh, um, that's my soak, so zero. Wow, your soak is four? Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, so uh, describe for me how this dagger does not touch you. What's the dagger made out of? Stone. Is it firmament? You know what? Yeah, I will I will reveal to you that it is firmament. You did guess it, so yeah. <laughs> my gosh. Um, Gable knows firmament. Mm-hmm. They have the memory of it, and yeah. now they have a sample of it that Travis gave to them. So once that comes towards them, they realize, wait a second, that's mine. So in a very, like magnets, as Tiberius lunges towards them, they use their own hand and wave it away from them in sort of like, no, that's not, that's that's mine. Yes. Get it away from me. Oh, that's very, very cool. All right. Uh, it is now your your move. Okay. Time to use my talents. I'm going to use Quick Strike, which is an extra blue. I'm not going to do Berserk yet. And I'm just going to do probably... I want that dagger. Would that be Brawl? Oh, you're like going to try and wrestle it out of his hands? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be Brawl. Okay. And what would that Two be? red. It's two red. Okay. Ah, my blue. <laughs> Can't like the app is significantly better. Um, <laughs> oh, this is that's a despair. What? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a success, but I believe this is also a despair. Okay. The, these are failures. No, no. This is so. Those are threats. These are threats. So that's that. Four that's successes. Going to be three successes because the despair does also count okay. as a failure. Three successes and a despair. Okay. 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 So I have to figure out what this despair can possibly mean because you do wrestle the cutting stone out of his hands. So I think what's going to happen. Yeah. You step back. You you curve this away. And then, like, realizing that you have this connection to the firmament, uh, that that you can 
move it in in certain ways and manipulate it, you like pull it back towards yourself and you manage to like like he he tries to swing towards you again like aiming towards where 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 your heart uh, is like you you curl in and grab and like twist his hand around um, mm-hmm. and like have pu- pulled him back like like basically grabbing grabbing his back and side to like pull his his arm away you're so much larger than Tiberius is and like he's got this like very skeletal form which means that like there are a lot of little handholds on there mm-hmm. um, so you can easily like hold it away and and twist it away and then you kind of like as you touch the firmament you realize this is not at all firmament Mm -hmm. um and but you just said it was yes did james lie to me no gable's perceptions lied to them oh this is not firmament creating like physical contact with it you realize that it is not firmament this is wood all of this is wood. This is the woods. The Tiberius that you're holding right now is wood covered in human flesh. And that is now also tangled around your feet as you can see the thing that wasn't Jonnet has now curled itself around your feet. This is something wrought by the forest. And it is now tangled around you and Gable is immobilized. Don't like that very much. The being that was Jonnet is going to attack. This is going to be, once again, four damage, which is not going to pierce your, I guess, uh, soak. So, you can see Jonnet's mouth like fill with fangs, but they're not fangs, they're thorns. And like they sink into your leg, but I feel like your coat is around it. And, you know, we made you pay 10 gold pieces for these <laughs> coats. They're extremely expensive. I feel like thorns should not be able to move through it. So that is kind of mm. what I am going to go with. It tries to sink into you further, but it it doesn't manage to hold much purchase. Then the being that is Tiberius goes. I'm going to use the advantages that I got on the previous rolls to give myself blue die here. Welcome to the swell, Gable. You feel as though shock moves through your entire body. Your perception of the world around you fades and you enter a place where there is no sound, where the air feels cold, there is no light, there is just you and the being that is Tiberius, kind of in front of you, enveloped around you. This is the thing that Dref perceived before he died. This is the space that Travis fleed when the two pieces of firmament that made up the circle that was the cutting stone broke the world away. This is also a world that you are in but can feel yourself not touching. This is... You can't put your finger on it. 
So everything was wood, but this is still, I can tell that this is still Tiberius in some way. Or is there no way? There's there's no way because like what I think you know from what has just kind of happened, touching the firmament confirmed it for you, whether or not your body is going to agree to it. You are being tricked. Your perceptions are being tricked in some way Mm -hmm. um, and you don't know how. I'm going to let Gable roll a knowledge adventuring. Versus? Uh, this is going to be average. Two? Two purple. <laughs> no, I've got another game over one. I keep on throwing these over the table <laughs> and onto the floor. Too strong. Too powerful. <laughs> this is just too strong. Too strong. Too beefy. That is one threat. So Liz, Gable has heard stories of Green Hearts, but Travis immediately kind of went, that's bullshit. That's not real. real. You don't need to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Gable in the past especially is like, something I don't need to think about? Great. Awesome. Awesome. We'll erase that from my mind. Yeah. Now you're in the future going, maybe Travis didn't know what he was talking about. (laughs) So in this space, like, while they're here, since they don't have their grounding, they're going to, like, deal with the reality that is firstly presented to them. What do you expect to happen to me here? I expect you to seek absolution. The river cannot touch me. No, 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 no. The river cannot touch you. You're too half-formed. You, you are not an angel. You have lost your wings. You are not a mortal. Death cannot have you. But you can still serve the throne. You can make up for what you have done. We will strip away the parts of you that serve no purpose. We will find a soul and bind you to it. And you will guard the river, as we do. And you will gather souls until we are all ready to be forgiven. So this space, like, there is no, like, rushing water or anything like that. It's just, like, a cold, empty nothingness. Yeah. Interesting. And if I accept with you, I accept the offer? Of course. I am one of the stone. Gable reaches out their hand to shake. Um, and Tiberius will hold the hand and plunge the dagger forward into your chest. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll! 
Just a quick reminder, heroes. Next week, we are taking off for a holiday break over here on Campaign Skyjacks. However, One Shot is going to have a bonus holiday special that I think is going to be about two hours. And it's sure to be a good time because I'm playing Hark, It's Santa with the creators of the 20-Sided Tavern, which is a tabletop-inspired Broadway show that's currently running in Chicago. So if you find yourself needing some podcast time during the holiday season, don't worry. One Shot's got you covered. Also, speaking of One Shot, we have extended the application deadline for folks who are seeking to become the next host of the One Shot podcast to December 26th. That will be the final date that we're taking applications, so you have a little bit more time to put things together. But after that, I have to dive in and start reviewing applicants and moving people through the next rounds of auditioning. I want to take a moment, especially at this time of year, and thank our backers on Patreon. Folks, this is the time of year that people like to reflect on generosity, and the generosity of our patrons is the reason that you can hear this show right now. I think the first half of this show speaks for itself. Skyjacks is an incredible production. It comes out for free, and it's something that people support voluntarily. I truly love this show, and I cannot thank you enough for supporting it. So if you like what you hear, and you want to be part of that support, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to be a backer. It gets you access to bonus content, but most importantly, it helps support this show, it helps the show keep coming out on a weekly schedule, and it supports everyone who makes it. And now, a word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky! And we're back. At that moment, I'm going to go berserk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, start using the, the combination of wood and firmament, mm-hmm. the idea of firmament, to start rubbing a spark on his hand. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This rules. And whatever pain is happening uh if it's if it's getting to me at all i will find my absolution tiberius i will find my forgiveness because i know that i am owed it because i know what happened is what happened to me could happen to anyone but before that happens i will burn you as many times as is necessary to remove you from the face of the earth and i will burn this whole forest to get my friends out Make a divine check. Divine magic? Divine magic. All right. And I'm berserk, so that's an automatic success yep. on magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, divine. That's two. Well, certainly this kind of magic. Whether or not that's... A, hey, if you're a real Genesis head out there and that's not how it works, uh, we're Gee, making this allowance because this is a, a kind of a combat mm-hmm. thing. And also, I don't <laughs> care that much. Uh, and quick strike, I believe... Actually, that's probably only the... First, I think, but yeah, I, I do I, get one for duelist since it's I, yeah, one on one. So yeah, well, this isn't a quick strike situation, but definitely a duelist situation. Okay, and um, what is this against? I'm gonna go hard. Okay, three purple. Yeah, I'm trying to represent what this attack actually entails because it's a lot of things. Okay. Oh, okay. Failure and two threats. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, I think. What happens? Gold and silver flames start to to lick out 
of the piece of firmament uh, or or the thing that is imitating firmament um, right now, as it plunges forward to stab you, you are releasing this like angelic part of yourself to to flex at it, but (laughs) it moves. It takes so much energy to uh, and focus to well up like this bare connections, these few feathers that you have now attached to you and summon up an angelic presence. And what you feel is pain um, as the part that was holding your hand, the fingers have stretched into roots and penetrated your skin. I am going to have you take I'm going to give you four damage. I'm going to have it go through soak okay. because of the way that it happened. That'll that'll go to your wounds. Focus. Oh, wait. I, autom- I didn't count my automatic success. Oh, oh. Does that change things? Is it would just a- be threats then. Okay. Well, then that's a, that's a luminary mm. point. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Liz. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What a sad day that would have been. <laughs> hmm. The bounty. The bounty is a good one. So now <laughs> oh, I got to pull oh, up. Mm-hmm. You cut that close. <laughs> I was like, I was so sad. I was like, I know I need to make this hard because of what this check is representing, but I also really want to be able to succeed right now. Oh my gosh. That's what mm-hmm. the circus for. Yeah. I could still take those wounds. Though. Yeah. We'll have you take the wounds, but maybe take it as strain because like technically it's representing what the threats were. Let's pull up the bounty just so I know. Okay. Wealth awaits you if it is not with you already. You have more of what you seek than what you need. This is generally a good thing, though it can attract unwanted attention. Uh, The bounty is made to be shared. Okay. Attract unwanted attention. So, yeah. Here's what happens. Gold and silver flames do lick out um, around the, the... false firmament around the being that was wearing a Tiberius's face around the form of this thing purporting to be the cutting stone those flames lick and boom into the air and suddenly like a large section of the world around you is enveloped by this gold and silver fire it is the pollen that was filling the air that burns away and as that burns away, as you breathe those flames into your being and have this kind of strange realization that you are the fire, the fire is you, it is a part of your body, it is a way that you have extended yourself, but it is also separate from you and a part of the world, it burns away all of that pollen and the effect that it was having on your flesh, the illusion burns away. You can see the sickly greenish pale skin of the green heart that is beneath you holding your holding your legs the green heart that is in front of you that is trying to stab you with a piece of root you can see that you are very much still in like the water soaked glade that you were in earlier mm-hmm. And you can see many of these vines with purple blooms around you that are filling the air with this pollen that is burning now as quickly as it can move. Is the is the thing still holding me? Or? The thing is still holding you. Like like you're you're in its grip pretty tough. And also, it is now uh you you, you just acted. It is now the Jonnet thing's turn. Uh, the Jonnet thing is going to do the same. 
is going to try and do the same thing that the other thing did, which is, oh yeah. So it is going to try and use its magic here. Doesn't manage to pull it off. So you can feel through the, the splintered and fizzling pieces of pollen that are in the air that like when you, you catch a glimpse of it, it is trying to make you feel cold, trying to stricken you again with that feeling of shock that, that can move through a body that comes with pain or, or some kind of trauma. And because the pollen is damaged, it is not able to make connection. You can see the face of this green heart as, it, as like veins pop up around its eyes as it is trying to impose its will through this pollen and just failing. It comes, let's see, so yeah, it comes back around to the Tiberius creature's turn. It speaks and again, it is now speaking with that kind of like raven parrot effect where it sounds like Tiberius's voice, but like mm -hmm. something is very off in a way that just feels extremely hollow. Please just accept this. Stop running from your forgiveness. As it tries to attack you again. This one is just a wash. Oh, wow. The, the bounty's opposite, the drought. Ooh. It roots itself further into your arm. This is going to be four damage again coming at you. No soak to this because uh, this is going directly into your flesh. It's making it very, very painful to use this hand. Basically, you're going to be taking two black dice to every action that would use this arm. Okay. Or you're going to have to, like, do actions that distinctly use one arm. Okay. Because you've got a bunch of tree growing in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and how many wounds was that? That's four. Four wounds. Okay. You can have my wounds and my strength. Mm-hmm. Oh, make sure you took the two strain earlier from the spell that you cast. Oh. We're playing the game, folks. Playing the game. Boo. <laughs> hey, so, I don't like this. Gable out here using talents that they have and everything. I know. It's like that man on Reddit said. That's <laughs> what happens when everyone's in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> So Gable is like stabbed through the arm. Something is keeps on trying to get through their legs, and they've got one free arm. Yeah, correct. Okay, what's above? Like, is it just tree canopy? So, so like, what what you see is kind of what you were seeing initially. In the distance, there is the tree that you tried to climb earlier, mm -hmm. um, uh, and you have run some measure of away from that. But now that you see clearly outside of the pollen. The forest is a lot dense, a lot less dense. Um, you can see like the tree line in front of you, but this is kind of like an open glade with everything growing far apart from this tree. Along the water are these vines stretching out from the tree with these purple blooms mm -hmm. um, that are slowly having like gold and silver fire just pour across the water and envelop them. But yeah, like uh, 
off in the distance, there's this like sort of ring of, of, of tree line in the forest. And there's this tree that you tried to climb earlier to see over the forest that apparently was not there as much. Mm-hmm. And there's like uh, kind of all around you this pretty, except for the parts that are disturbed, like clear ankle deep water. Okay. Oh, ankle deep water. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an idea. Gable takes in, like, oh, the fact that there's water doesn't mean that fire is going to do a whole lot. And so they have an idea. It's a little bit dangerous. They look at Tiberius or whatever it is. Think, running, running, running away. I don't think it's running away. That's reductive. <laughs> what if they say I'm running away? Oh. And they're going to call down a thunderbolt directly directly from what is left of the firmament firmament in the sky holy shit okay okay cool wow all right this is a definitely hard divine check Mm -hmm. oh no uh, Can I add because I'm opening myself up to being seen? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That'd be amazing. And then I get automatic success and we're, we're going to see mm-hmm. what happens. So they reach their arm up and we'll see. Okay. Okay. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> the app does make it a lot easier. Yeah, the app does do all the canceling out for us. That's why I don't use it, because I'm tired of getting canceled. <laughs> Johnny, you, know what I'm saying? you gotta stop just saying Rivers Cuomo was right. That alone, <laughs> just as a tweet, is just so loaded. Rivers Cuomo was right. Uh, two successes and an advantage. Mm. Fuck yeah, dude. So, I, I think there are a couple things happening. One of the things that is happening is you are in, as you pointed out, uh, or as I pointed out, and you found very interesting, this ankle deep water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think there is enough damage in calling the thunder down. I haven't uh, decided exactly how much like divine smiting lightning does, uh, but I do know how much damage these beings are capable of absorbing um, as like this silver lightning comes down from the sky and like pours energy through the water. The illusion of Jonnet kind of like boils and withers into like a husk. The Tiberius like actually flies back like like with an electric shock charge flies back away from you. He is not dead, but he is pretty badly injured. Just got to do math real quick. My old enemy math. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I need you to make a perception check. Oh. Just Straight up perception. Straight up perception. Do I get my automatic success? Um, no, because... Oh, actually, that's two successes. I keep forgetting to... Or no, that's a, an extra success. So it was two successes and a advantage, so that's three successes oh, and advantage. Oh, okay. I will do a little bit more damage. And perception would... I, I see. I don't think uh, Berserk is helping you with no. that. Yeah. Perception is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. What's that against <laughs> Average, I'm gonna say. All right. 
Ah. It's a wash. It's a wash? Never seen anything <laughs> in my life. <laughs> the maelstrom. Okay, okay. So so that is okay. Chaotic change. You just called this lightning. You were gonna see two things in this moment. One of them, the tree that you were climbing, the branch that broke away you see that that area is still bleeding and not sap, human blood. Like you recognize now that that's what was happening as the roots like around the trunk of it, the tree's bark burns and boils like flesh that would have been burned by lightning. And the other thing that you see is like like you, you see that kind of take that in take in your surroundings is like this being that is imitating Tiberius kind of like tries to shakily stand up you can see that it is badly burned as well um, and smoldering like it, its skin is smoldering kind of like a tree trunk that would have been struck by lightning you look up and in the sky you can see in the broad daylight a star start to form. I think the being that is Tiberius is going to run towards you and after you. What do you do? Getting out of town. Gable is going to... Uh, have I been let go? Yeah, like, he, he, he's pulling back. He's, like, trying to, like, come back towards you, but, like, there was... He had to stand up, and he has to move towards you, uh, so that was his whole turn. Is anything on fire actively? So not exactly on fire. He is smoldering. The tree is burned in the way flesh would burn. Okay. Uh, Gable's going to grab a stick that seems dry mm-hmm. enough, stick it into where Tiberius is smoldering, and try and light it on fire. I don't know that there is a stick nearby that would be able to accomplish that because, again, you are in ankle-deep water, mm. which is frustrating. I'm trying to get a torch, basically, to, like, light pollen as I... Mm. Oh, okay. So I, I would yeah, probably do you have, have something, you, right? That you could sit on fire. Yeah, I mean, you, what, what does Gable carry on their person? I'll peel off a sleeve. I'll, I'll tear uh, off a sleeve. Wow. And try and wrap from it. From the nice Just... coat? From the coat or your shirt? My shirt. Uh, my okay. Shirt my coat. Okay. We're clarifying for all the all the sticklers <laughs> all <done>. out there. <laughs> my shirt. Uh, kind of, I guess, wrap it around their hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I guess, I, I would probably have a sticklers lighter. Right? Yeah. 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 A r- r- rope lighter type situation. Yeah, I I think like yeah. What what I like the idea of like you take off running and like Gable running is kind of a big deal. Like you're seven feet tall. This is like a sprint, and you're desperately like tearing at your shirt. You reach for your rope lighter, and uh, one of the best things about rope lighters is they will still catch in high winds. In fact, those high winds kind of make them work a little better. I want you to make a divine check, and I'm going to give you a... Yes. Blue die, this is an average check, because you are trying to start a divine fire that will be capable of, like, becoming a torch that burns this pollen. But, like, I like the idea, if you're just holding a clump of your shirt, this has to be divine fire. It's not, like, regular fire. Otherwise, Gable's going to be burning Mm. their hand the whole time. 
I think I think it's worth the trade-off of spending the two strain to do this. Oh, I got <laughs> I gotta be careful with my strain. Oh, there we go. A success, two successes, and three advantages. All right. Okay, Liz. You know, uh, there's lots of wild biblical art. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea of Gable just like holding their handle off and like gold and silver fire is licking out of it as they run into the woods. Like I can very easily picture that being like some kind of stained glass nonsense. But yeah, I'm going to say with that, you have something that will be able to cut through the effects of this pollen as you run through the forest. Here I want to cut over to Jonnet. Jonnet, you are in your sister's, quote-unquote sister's, arms. You know something is wrong. You can feel that whatever is going to happen next is going to resist you. What do you do? Yeah, I, I, I like, there's a part of, I mean, like, out of, out of game, like, part mm-hmm. of me is like, all right, how do we disrupt how do we disrupt this person this thing like or just like knock them off balance which feels like moving the hmm Zonet's oh Zana is shorter than wait Zana's shorter than Jonna right I think Zana might be taller because the only reason that I say that is Jonna is now 16 and well I don't know I'm trying to think about adolescent growth spurts right because there's that time where you know a a sister who is like just a year apart or so would be taller than you but maybe we've passed that Hmm. maybe you're used to Zana being taller than you but like in Acheron she wasn't anymore like Hmm. well okay so here was my my thought yeah what do you want Uh, out of that (laughs) basically uh, I just figured if Zana was going to be shorter than Jonnet, then Jonnet can like start to like dune move the earth underneath both of them to the point where they sink and then eventually uh, Zana's like Zana would be underneath the ground and then Jonnet could wait that out until breathing stopped and then he could climb back up. Oh, oh my god. Grim. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know Ooh. what else I don't know what else the, the kid can do. <laughs> That's hardcore. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an interesting poll. Yeah, let's have you roll it out. This is a hard arcane check. Be sure to keep subtracting the, the strain from oh, this. Hello, yes. Mm. From these spells that we're casting here, but this is cool. Yeah, I have to ask, is mm-hmm. there psychic fallout from intentionally killing your sister? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of a different thing. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just like, shit ain't real right now. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not saying don't do it. Yeah. I'm saying <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I feel like John is, is like, there's a, there's a, there's a level of like, the fucking nerve to like shape shift into my sister. Like you're, I'm burying you right now. You are like mm-hmm. whatever. You, I don't know what you are, but you're nothing to me. <laughs> uh, and with that, uh, okay, okay, all right. That 
is called a rebound. That's going to be one success, two threats, and a triumph. Oh, oh. shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Mamma mia. Mama mia. <laughs> I, it's, it's dark, but it's also like, yeah, I think truly Jonnet, like, is already, like, uh, in this, per- this thing's embrace. And I think he's just like, very calmly and like you know you have to know that you messed up royally mm-hmm. by taking the shape of my sister and I think on sister the ground like does like a rumble and then like they like they they start to drop like an inch the ground like, like like you plant your foot, the ground rumbles, but it is not just rumble. The ground boils. I think the air around you swirls as the ground like starts to starts to move and shake and what you perceive as sand beneath your feet like starts to envelop the two of you as you channel your anger out into the world around you as your eye is open and blazes and you perceive beyond anything else your connection to sphere that whatever is in front of you right now whatever it is you perceive beyond that lies your connection to the real world that exists and if necessary you will pull yourself into it The being clutches at you, tries to grab around you, and you can feel, like, the choking crush of pain. You know, a hug that goes a little too far, but then keeps going. Mm -hmm. This is, like, you know, thick, rooted arms trying to squeeze the air out of you, but at the same time, the earth is moving in around you. It comes up as you, like, sink slowly, but moving quicker and quicker and quicker until it is your face. And again, this this being that is this trying to purport that it is Zana's face get pulled into the ground. It all comes around you and you see true darkness, not this faded half reality nonsense. Everything kind of overwhelms your perception. The pain comes in. I'm going to have you take four wounds as this being really does try to squeeze the life out of you. Is that as affected by my soak? I'm going to say no on the soak yeah. for these things. Anything yeah. where like they've got you by the flesh, I feel like. Yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't. But uh, you you get pulled into the ground and then the ground hardens around this creature. And you eventually feel their grip kind of slack and we see Jonnet like move up through the dirt and and start to stand out and we can see that Jonnet is in a forest and in front of Jonnet is the very top of a tree the branches of this tree that are in the earth that has been sunk into the earth and bubbling up from the area where those branches are is blood. 
as the tree has been drawn into the earth and crushed by it. All of the vines and the pollen that they were shooting into the air around Jonnet is gone. It has been swallowed by the earth too. And you can see that the ground around you is muddy with blood, but you have been baptized in the dirt of sphere. The things that were tricking your perception are gone. The green heart that was choking you is dead, and you are in the forest. Is it... Part of me is like, it would be very cruel, a very cruel coincidence if like the part of the forest that Janet is currently in is looks like the first iteration of the forest when he woke up in the dream to begin with. Um, is it, does he know where he is looking? Oh, this is a good question. I can't remember on that role. Did you succeed or did you fail on the one I just did? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, success and a triumph. You did succeed. Okay. Okay. I was just making sure that I didn't have to go, well, you, the, the green heart is actually still alive, but you know, it's good. All right. Yeah. You succeeded because what you were trying to do was, was vanquish this being and the triumph is like getting rid of the, the perception and all that. So, we do have threats. You are in that area that you were before. You can see your bed, your childhood bedroom bed is like not far from where you were, but you can also hear faintly in the distance gunfire. Jonet kind of looks up, looks around, looks down at this. Uh, oh man, is there. Yeah, looks down at the the tree, like, now encased in the ground. Does Jonnet know what this is? I guess roll your knowledge adventuring. Look at this. (laughs) Who would have thought? Um, Knowledge, boom, and what's that against? Average. It was average for everybody else. It's going to be average for Jonnet. The question is whether or not Travis Matago got his fucking hooks in you as well. Nice. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is going to be... Well, I uh, a failure, a <laughs> a advantage, and a triumph. Whoa! Hmm. Wow! So, what the does failure, that even mean? <laughs> the failure is that Jonnet was told by Travis, like, because like you hear, you know, Ariners talking, you hear the rest of the crew talking about like weird spooky haunted stuff that exists in sphere and somebody brings up the the queen's green hearts and you ask travis about this travis goes oh that's bullshit it's just (laughs) it's nothing and john it you sort of go well bullshit is kind of interesting and you're like wonder you you get a curiosity of why these stories exist And so instead of ignoring everything because it's bullshit, you go around and collect everything that you can possibly hear. And, you know, you get things like, oh, a green heart won't cross a barrier of salt or uh, a a green heart uh, uh, can be killed if you enlist a woodpecker to to peck into its, (laughs) its body. And like all of these things. But. The triumph is one of the things that you have heard about green hearts. If you cut down the tree that a green heart has put its heart into, it will well and truly die. 
and that's yeah. So a green heart is a green heart is a acting body, but it is separate from the tree in which its heart's in. So you got to cut down the tr- tree in order to kill the green heart completely. Yeah, it is the green heart. If you kill the being that is the green heart, mm-hmm. um, that body will die, but it will just grow back like a damaged gotcha. branch. But if you kill the tree, that kills the heart and that finally kills the being. Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess this is all kind of like sinking in on John is like, oh, green heart, green heart. And, and so and then like I think the, the stuff that he did pick up before is like, oh, the, the, the like they, they can make you think what they what they what they want you to think. They, 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 they put the pollen in the air. And then so he's like immediately like starts like uh, 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 uh. and then he's like grabs his bandana and then like pulls it down over his face and then oh, ties shit. it. And is like, oh, ooh, ooh. wear a mask. Yeah. That's the that's the thing is wear yeah. a mask mm-hmm. in the long term lesson of campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, long walk to get here. <laughs> 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 really involved. And yes. it's weird that we started on this walk long before it was like really a thing. But yeah, that was the point the whole time. <laughs> so he, he pulls that, tightens it around, looks left, looks right, and then he like he, he he's like looking at his shirt, and he, he's immediately like taking in like, oh, the rest of the the crew must be somewhere out here, must be somewhere in this woods. No one else like who else has like bandana accoutrement so like he starts taking he takes off for the um for the sound of gunfire but as he's running he's like finding like bits of his shirt and like ripping it into like bandana length and then like stuffing it in his bag and he's like he's totally tearing up like his clothing but he's like he's booking this rules. I can't wait for the action figure of Forest Action Jonnet, who's got like torn up clothes and whatnot. Yes. And carries enough masks for all of his friends. That's the thing that's on printed on the box is like enough masks for all of his friends. It's a long, it's a long walk. And then and then you you buy you get very excited about the toy, you buy the toy, you take it home, and then you like in the packaging it's only like three masks. You're like, oh come on. Come on, man. <laughs> ah, man. Three friends is pretty unfair. <laughs> Scotty Jacks. Okay, so I was thinking I would say something like to anyone who was offended no. by what I said, I'm very sorry no, that already, you were offended. Already, you're off to a bad start. See, there's no way to really get out of it. If someone's going to be upset at you, mm-hmm. you have to allow them to continue to be upset. So there's no one good way. But you can mitigate damage by uh, taking uh, the POV off of you as much as possible, externalizing it, right? Oh, so something like 
you shouldn't be mad, but since you are, yeah, keep yeah. hating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I I think actually the focus is completely wrong uh, on this. Uh, you, I mean, you're, you're, you should be making the apology because you feel bad about what you did. But what if I don't feel bad? Well, See, now that is something this is this is something that really does bother me. Uh-huh. Really. Okay. Is if a child does something wrong or yes. bad, when a parent uh-huh. says, You have to apologize. I don't think that's right. I think you should only make a child apologize if they truly feel sorry. Because then you're just teaching children to lie. But, and I'm not a fan of lying. Well, but, but, okay, well, I see a lot of things that are wrong with that whole statement, but you're you're teaching kids to feel bad about doing certain things. I don't think you are. I think you're just teaching kids that they should say sorry whether they mean it or not. And I think that you should you should draw the child to the conclusion that they should feel bad before you make them apologize. Well, that requires a certain amount of investigation into a child's actual feelings. And that is impossible. What if perhaps if a child hasn't learned that level of empathy yet because they're not development. Maybe like a six-year-old doesn't know what other people feel like. But uh, it's, uh, well, it's I mean, what getting I, to the pattern until they actually feel that way. With, with my kids, I do do that you emotional investigation. Yeah, I got kids. I got, I got a, you know, I got, I got my wife at home. Uh, Your wife's not a kid. Well, no, but we. <laughs> We had them together. Oh, when uh, yeah. Uh, so I got my wife at home, and you know, husband incoming. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Approaching the day. Um, Wait, your wife's giving birth to your husband? No, <laughs> no. I've got a wife with a husband on the way. All right, all right. <laughs> but I do try to uh, emotionally investigate kind of what's going on. I just use the crime skeleton. The crime, crime skeleton. skeleton. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a mechanical construction with glowing red eyes, mm. kind of like puppeteer, and it will ask the child questions. And oh, a CSI, a crime skeleton interrogation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just do a CSI, <laughs> uh, just to see where the kid is at. If the kid doesn't feel bad, usually the crime skeleton can you know arrive at a place mm. where they. Mm-hmm. Don't feel great. So, okay, taking that into consideration, I don't feel bad, but I'm sorry that you do. Sincerely, but Travis. Uh, well, I will say, what if the goal here is to get people off your back, that won't work. But if the goal is to generate heat, some of that good cheap heat. Oh, you playing heel of, on this? I, I don't play heel. I I live heel. Because these these are the sort of subtle decisions that could really get a flame war going for multiple weeks mm. instead of just letting it peter out. We if that's love what, a flame war. We love that. This love is a du- the classic double down. Classic double down. So then something like, I'm glad that you're offended. <laughs> I'll do it again. That's two on the nose. Two on the nose. Two no- how about, how about, I'm glad that you're offended. Uh, it was a social experiment. <laughs> I think it's important that I've opened up a dialogue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about these issues. Oh, see, now that you're, you're sort of playing it both ways. Mm-hmm. And I apologize to anyone who is offended. Uh, emphasize, thank you for allowing me to grow through your criticisms. Oh, yeah. yeah, make it about Th- you. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to apologize to you 
that you are offended. It's... And I am deeply sorry that my words made you feel that way. Excellent. So what photo, though? Do you want this to be in a, a, a picture of notes or do you want it to just be a sunset in black and white? What are you feeling? Uh, I think a photo of me crying, you know, like a, a really reflective photo mm -hmm. of me crying. Like looking out a window while it's raining or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be good. And I mean, you honestly, uh, and then Travis just pulls out like one of those headshot sheets with like four Okay. Headshots. So any one of these crying photos I think would work. Why are you showing feet in this one? Well, I, you can't show you gotta, feet. Not you gotta, for free. You got to give them what they want. Not you know? for free. Not, Not for and, free. Yeah, I don't know if an apology is the right place for that. <laughs> I like this one because it's it, – the, the this one is evidence that – there, you got someone else to take the photo with of you, so there was someone else in the room. You I can get my feet and my face in the shot that's, at once. That's true. That's true. And this is a Bay cut me sleeping and crying photo, which is a lot more disturbing uh, than normal. <laughs> <laughs> Bay caught me crying myself to slip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Bay, how so? What's the holdup with the new husband? Is it a uh, sort of dowry thing? Well, let's see. I mean, it, it, not 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 uh, dowry or anything like that. It's mostly uh, work schedule because we had to stop at Akron. Yeah. And now we're lost in an infinite forest. It's it is yeah. nice that we took the time to release this uh, sincere apology. Yeah. I'm – what <laughs> – why you you could there's so many opportunities you could have left, but it's the decision to keep on staying. I have I have my own work, and probably probably a big part of it is I feel like someone like me leaving the ship. There's got to be a little bit of a to do about that, but we're focused on other things. That's true. It feels like it feels like there's something else sort of taking the oxygen your out of the party. room. Yeah. If you left on your own, it would be fine. You would still get your pension, but you want the goodbye party. I want party. the goodbye party. All right. Because then you get then you get the cake. You know, I'm excited to read the AO3 stories mm -hmm. about what it is that I did because I'll be honest, I don't know what I did. No. I was just living my life normal and a lot of people got very upset about that. <laughs> Ain't that the way? It uh it is. It sincerely is. Yeah, and for some people, yeah, sure. That's when your the existence way. is offensive to others. And that's not that's on them, not me. You know? Oh. All right, I guess let's go face that angry mob. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist. Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. 
Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku channel for free. Just search for the shortlist, Summer. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. And once for our friends ne'er rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky